Falling in love is like plummeting down a water slide. I don't really have a thing except for I just feel stuck here because I feel like if I moved to Alaska and like got a full-time job, then if something happened, then I wouldn't be here. what you want and then know what you want um, and don't settle for anything less. And so for me fear is more of a, a flag that says hey look here really hard examine this. to the millennial search for meaning. This podcast contains adult themes and language. Hey guys, well, here we are. Aside from the perspective episodes that have been coming out every other week, I had six full episodes planned for you guys this season, and today we finally arrived at number six. Unlike the other episodes this season, I didn't really produce or plan this episode ahead of time. Instead, I listened, 
or at least skimmed through an entire year of collected audio. That's about how long it's been since I've started gathering tape for this project, and there's really a lot that you haven't heard. Most of the clips are just long, rambly snippets of conversations I had with friends and acquaintances. Discussions I thought were profound or interesting, or that? happy moments I wanted to capture. Oh my gosh, there was just the most intense shooting star. Nice. Is that, there was like a meteor shower a few weeks ago, is that still going on kind of? I don't know, or? that was like, that shooting star was unreal. It was the brightest one I've ever seen. Some are short 30 second voice memos so. to myself. on this project, but I cannot work on it. Others are more difficult. Intimate recordings capturing interactions and phone calls that in some ways I'd love to forget. Do you believe in like magical love? But the thing that strikes me every time I listen to a recording is just how honest it is. Almost horrifyingly so. There are a lot of moments when I find myself cringing or rolling my eyes and my own tendency to be overly blunt, verbose, or emotional. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Do you believe in, like, I mean, not true love, but do you believe in, like, the magic of love? Yeah, because I felt it before. You vehemently nodded. I don't think it's going to go... That looks vehemently, but I definitely <laughs> Life at times is so messy, and my tactic is usually to run straight into the messiness, for better or worse. You look so cheap with your belly out. How wonderful you are. Around a clock about you. So, why drag it all out into the open in the first place? I mean, what's done is done, I can't go back, and I don't want to anyway. So yeah, why? Well, maybe it's because I like to overanalyze things, and maybe it's because I like a good story. But mostly, it's because this is a true story, after all. And I'm bringing you this episode because I want to tell you the truth about what I found on this journey and how it's changed me. Your laughter has changed and your brightness gone. I can smell your pain. Home, sweet home. Like the trip when he took you once again, I'm going to take you guys back to last winter, when I first moved back to Montana. The reason this is so significant in this story and keeps coming up again is because this was the first time in my life that I'd ever truly been alone. For those of you who don't know, I'm actually a twin. Since the very beginning, I've pretty much been side by side with another person.
My twin's name is Emmett. You've heard his name before because he's the one who produced our awesome theme music. He's a super talented guitarist and music producer who plays with my older brother in an eight-piece funk band based out of Missoula. Now, our relationship is more like that of siblings. But when we were younger, we very much had to learn how to be apart. Since we grew up in a small town, we had a really close group of friends who all just lived blocks from us. There was a particularly decisive moment in first grade that I remember clearly, when Emmett sat with the boys and I sat with the girls. And although from then on we started to become our own people, we shared a friend group until graduation. In college, I got into a relationship very early on that lasted until I was about 21. I spent some time alone then, but didn't necessarily excel at it. And I had the institution of school to remind me that I wasn't quite an adult yet. Then, I graduated from college and moved to Portland, where shortly thereafter, I got into another relationship that lasted about a year. That was the relationship I left behind when I moved back home to Montana at age 24. You hear that? It's already dark. It's like five. It's a little after five, and it's basically nighttime. Well, it's it's kind of it's like this misty blue color right now. It's not quite nighttime yet, but it's pretty unusual in our society to want to live alone in the middle of nowhere. And that's because being alone is super hard, especially when you don't know exactly what you're supposed to be doing with your life. I mean, I was working and interning. I wasn't just hanging out. I was also still seeing friends in Missoula and driving to Bozeman for meetings fairly often. So I wasn't completely alone, but I was alone enough to be lonely. When you're truly alone with limited internet access, the only thing you really have besides books and podcasts and old movies are your own thoughts. Eventually, you have to confront them. Like when you're making dinner or running or lying in the silent darkness, falling asleep or waking up on a Sunday morning alone. Sometimes I was the happiest person in the world. Other times I was a nervous wreck. Nice to meet you, you know. <laughs> and sometimes oh, no, I found myself lost in a memory that was buried so deeply I'd forgotten it even existed. It will continue to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd been doing this when I was 24. But I was finding meaning. What were you finding? I was, um, I was in the band and I was starting uh, my career in Learning to make our own decisions is a huge part. No, 
a defining part of growing up. I've always been very headstrong, but I process verbally. So when faced with tough decisions, I'd often end up asking a lot of people what they thought I should do. Partners, parents, friends, coworkers, and acquaintances. There's a social science researcher named Dan Ariely, and he says that actually when it comes to making life decisions, we never really get enough experience to actually get good at making them. And that doesn't sit well with me. I've always wanted to get to the bottom of things. Hello? In the spring of last year, I left the cabin and moved back to Missoula, Montana. And I was still very much applying this strategy. I'd put my alone time in at the cabin, but I hadn't really committed to the idea of being alone on this search indefinitely. I think I figured I'd do this for a while, and then life would happen, and I'd react. I thought of this as a crazy detour, not the rest of my life. So I was spreading my energy around, expecting something to give. I'm going to color correct while we talk. Uh, It started with this project. I had a big vision initially. I wanted it to be a multimedia collective involving print, audio, and film. I decided that I needed to get some help, which quickly became more stressful than just doing it myself. Mostly because I barely knew what I was doing, let alone enough to teach someone else. And the people who did know what they were doing were also juggling work and personal projects and had just as little free time as this I did. This camera, it doesn't... It's is it the, the camera? camera? I don't know. I think it's the quality. Why is the deal with that? What are you getting there? Um... Okay. Yeah, it's the quality. That looks better. I was working full-time and freelancing and learning photography and launching a podcast. Yet, somehow, I found the time to aimlessly date. I guess I was hoping what a lot of postgrads hope. That there was some clear path, a leader to follow, or a buffer to absorb some of the friction. 75? If only I had someone to help me figure all these hard things out. Personally, artistically, professionally. Then things would be easier. Then things would fall into place. Let's check it out, though. Let's check it out. Actually, I thought I'm learning a lot from your from your editing techniques. Like, it's really good that I feel like it's really good that I just last. That was another thing. That was another thing. You trust them until you. Looking back, this didn't happen because I didn't let it happen. I didn't actually want to be saved. I listened to people's advice. Then I would ultimately stumble across a solution that might seem crazy to other people, but that made perfect sense to me. I'd get involved with someone, but I'd have one foot out the door, unwilling to give up my creative goals and the conviction that I'd be leaving any day now. I didn't really want to compromise in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I'd gotten this far. But I had to learn how to be okay with that and the aloneness that comes with it. At times, it felt like I was just being selfish. But gradually, more and more, it felt like strength. Step out in faith. 
There were a lot of starts and stops over the next few months, including some time of relaxation and self-discovery working for the rafting company, as well as a particularly anger-inducing experience with a guy that left me with the realization that all this dating wasn't worth the energy. In the fall, I rented a one-bedroom apartment, put my nose to the grindstone, and launched the second season of the podcast. Then, I got in my car and headed west. It was about time I did that road trip I'd been planning, and Portland was my first west coast stop. correctly, I left behind more than friends and a job in Portland. I'd literally broken off a relationship to go on this journey of self-discovery. And it seemed fitting to retrace my steps and start from where I left off. Uh, no, I think we'll, we'll do what we'll pull an Alex Bloomberg and, and like make it all meta, like make the awkwardness, like break the fourth wall a little bit. Talk about, you know, the fact that we're recording. Stash is an interesting development. The, <laughs> yeah, it was, I was going no beard for a long time. So. Yeah? You were, used to be pretty regularly shaven, and now you seem to be regularly yeah. unshaven. When I picked Adam and his bike up in the pouring rain to grab a drink and catch up, things were surprisingly awkward. The first time we'd ever shared a beer together, he made me laugh until I started crying. Now, I was false cheery, and he was at a loss for words. Over a year ago, we'd packed up our little apartment and left Portland for separate summer jobs in Alaska, agreeing to stay together until it became clear that we shouldn't. One month later, we'd broken up, long distance, me standing on the deck of the lodge overlooking a still Alaskan lake, him hundreds of miles away on a fishing boat with a satellite phone pressed against his ear. Since then, we'd had a handful of intense conversations, but largely had remained out of contact though supportive from afar. We'd both come to our own conclusions separately that things were really over for good, and now we really didn't know how to act around each other. 
But as usual, I had some things I wanted you know, to so, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally, I like, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> okay, well, what I'm saying is I don't want that to be the takeaway of this conversation. No, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I, maybe I don't communicate this, but like I have like so much faith in it. Like you really, like you're gonna, like you're really gonna be okay. It seems like I had to give up a good relationship to have the life I want that I have now, and I'm like, it was, a, it was worth it. Like no offense, but like I'm like happier now. Like I'm doing what I want to do, but like it's just, it's still like I don't, I don't want to like go into it and be like who, who, me, and like our relationship sucks. Like I want to like leave this like positive. I yeah, guess is what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying like. It's been emotional, and it's like I've been. I'm just being honest with you because I I'm, I don't know how to not be honest, and that, that's just how I am. I'm just honest totally. and vulnerable all the time. And you have, like, you to have, a fault. honestly, you've helped me so much in that, and like I really appreciate have appreciated the way that you've yes. changed the way that I communicate and like feel feel those things. Like I think I have in our relationship, I really have absorbed a lot of your openness and your honesty, and I I like. I am nothing but grateful for that. I think that it it has helped me, and it will always help me be a better person. And I and I know that I did the same for you. Like I, I think that I, however however it was, I know that I helped you grow in, in, as a person. And, and honestly, I I think that. I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I, like I let you go. Like you, you, you've like fucking had to get out of Portland and out of like a fucking out of the. In some ways, you you like tried the very typical like out of college, get a corporate job, like find a boy, like track, and you like. You know, I mean, speaking from my perspective, I like, I like really, I, I did my damnedest to support that and support you in that. And when I, I honestly felt like it was not working and I felt like I, I like helped you let go and help you move on. And, and I, and I, I don't know, I feel like that's, that was, that was good for me too, you know? Yeah. But at, at every point where you're like, oh, I need, like, this is definitely not right and, like, this is definitely not working? Or were there times when you're, like, really sad and really missed me? Of course. Of course I really missed you. Like, and, and like, when I I'm, not, I'm just trying to say, I'm not the only, sad, like, person who's sad. And, like, I'm, like, being all vulnerable with my feelings. And, like, I just also want to, like, because I think that one thing I've, like, learned... One thing that's been hard is like I'm I am someone who's like vulnerable with my feelings, but like I don't want to like be someone who's not as strong as the next person because of that. Or like I don't know. I just feel like well, it's it's like a trade off, you know, yeah. to some to a little bit of extent. As much as you want to think that it is a little bit of a trade off, and I think that is a good. I think that there's a healthy balance to be struck there. And then on the idea on the on the idea of like I I feel like what I did like and I did it very intentionally. Is we like, but you were never like, oh my gosh, like I really love this person and like I wanted to be with this person. Like, I did, I did, and I and I, I like, 
I feel like I really felt that when when you called me in Naknik. I think I've probably said this before. When you called me in Naknik, and I was just like, oh, oh, you're sleeping in the real. That's awesome. I can't wait to see you. Like, dope. Like, we talked about that. That's like, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. And like, can't wait to see you in September. Like, I don't know where, like, I'm not sure where that voice came from. But I, actually, I do know. Like, because I'm like, like, I make a point to be, like, I'm like, maybe it takes a little bit for emotions to like set, sink into me. I think me. sometimes you say things, you like, you like don't want to inconvenience other people with your feelings. And, yeah, yeah. And I like, am per- and I'm decent at like pushing out positive message. And see, I'm not. That's, and I and, think it's and, a like, fault of mine. Honestly. And like, but honestly, I like felt that and like I felt it. And like over the next couple days and like the next month, I like, I was just like, I really like forced myself to feel those things and you weren't like you were we maybe talked once or twice but you weren't you were like still in the middle of nowhere so I um I feel like I just I pushed myself through those emotions and not in a and not in a dismissive way just in like a like something that I feel like I I want to be able to do and I've like learned how to do, which is like accept loss and like and like feel it and like think about ways to move on and like that's what I did and, and it, it didn't it like kind of sucked for you I think because you I think didn't because did, you didn't feel or experience we didn't go through that experience together because I was being somewhat selfish in that sense of like I I want to like process this and like and like move on and. You never, you were like, it was, it was frustrating for me because I was the one who was faced with all the choice. And then I was supposed to kind of guess what you wanted me to choose. Like you were saying you were okay with something. It was like, you, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, like we made yeah, this choice together. It was like, it was like I had all the burden of choice. So yep. I basically had to do that. Yeah. Because, and I think. And I don't, and that's why I, I, that's why I say you didn't betray my trust. Okay. trust. All right. Like well, I don't, I don't hold that against you. Like I, like in, you. In some ways, you made you made things easier. You like you like you. I had to make a choice. Like you now had I'm to make a choice. You now I'm to, doing exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's and it's worked out great. And I don't. And I. And it's and just I, important for me that you that you understand that I feel that way because I okay. I really don't hold like I don't hold I don't I don't have, okay. I don't have any animosity well, over that situation course, or last summer. See, you know. I know. I but really it, that don't. That actually makes me sad because it's like. It makes me feel like you didn't like feel like you lost me as much in some ways. <laughs> like were you never like angry or sad or frustrated over losing me? Like Yes I was. I yes I was. Of course. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, Literally. I know. And like I just wanna wrap up this conversation and I was gonna go on this tangent of being like you gave me mixed messages for a while, but also like I think we had some really important conversations that were good for my own closure. And I'm glad that we had them. And in the end, you were blunt. You said, I don't see a future with you. And I needed that. And that was good. And it hurt. And it really hurt the fact that, like, you know, it just hurt because I didn't expect how much it would be over. But it's okay. All I'm saying, and it sucks that I'm crying because I just, I can't help myself because I'm me. (laughs) Um, Everything happened how it needed to happen. And... I'm happy. My life is my own. I don't work for a corporation anymore. I'm not waiting for you to make a decision that you're not going to make. Um, I 
I love myself. I feel all I'm saying is like yeah, like thank you for everything and like I also just wanted to know that like even even with all that said, like I really loved you. I really, really loved you. I loved you with like so much and I always will care about you. And it's like and that's just like life, you know? And so I don't have any like bitterness but I don't. I don't either. I think you and I wanted the other person's happiness more than we wanted to be together. In some ways. Like, actually, you know, and that's why things ended the way they did. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I know. And, 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 and I, that's and that's why there was conflict, but like not silence and like yeah. whatever. Like even still, like that's why this is still emotional, but it's happening yeah. because we like legit. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I do feel like you like let me go, like you like made a choice of like... I didn't do it, I did, like I'm not saying I did a good job, like I'm not saying that, you know? Like, like how I, would you, you know, how would you do a good job? Because literally, I, literally I don't, I don't think you can, you know? I know. And I think... Like, I just like, I just... Under, under, under different circumstances, sure, maybe it could happen. But like I didn't have the we didn't have Years out of the way, mostly mine. We moved on to talk about politics and podcasts. And then he walked me to my car. He's the one who first introduced me to podcasts, by the way, and I'll always be grateful to him for that. He quite literally changed my life. When we hugged goodbye, it was a long, satisfying hug. It was a hug that said, I honor you, and I honor what we had, and I honor myself. And then I got in the car and drove away. After Portland, a whole world opened up to me as I drove through familiar places toward territory I'd never experienced in quite the same way. There was the Oregon coast with its foggy shoreline and the place where the sun breaks open in Northern California. There was me, myself, my car, and my camera. There was whatever music I wanted to listen to and however many hours of heavyweight I could inhale at one time. The beauty of being alone is also the space you have in your life for deep friendships, both old and new. There were amazing millennial girlfriends to share beds with and new cities to explore, old acquaintances and secondhand connections bringing new perspectives that had never even occurred to me. I had wanted a buffer when things seemed overwhelming and confusing, but now I was so glad there was nothing and no one standing between me and these experiences. How fancy of a party is this? It's pretty fancy. Is it? It was honestly the most freedom I've ever felt in my life. 
The first three weeks of the road trip were pretty busy, staying on top of my work and visiting friends in California. I had so much fun, but eventually it was time to keep moving. So I headed toward Joshua Tree and back into my world of aloneness. Being truly alone again after so much fun with my besties, I did have a pang of that feeling of FOMO. Around me, other campers were setting up and talking amongst themselves happily. But something was different about being alone this time. It was relieving, deliciously familiar. I waited to feel lonely, but it didn't happen. Instead, I ate kale salad for dinner and watched every last red ray of the sun sink into the desert. And then I crawled into my orange tent, surrounded by my favorite things, and read pages and pages of a novel I'd been wanting to finish. When I came to the end, I lay back, turned off my headlamp, and stared up at the ceiling, struck by an intense, singular feeling of satisfaction. Now that I'd accepted the beauty of self-reliance, I felt invincible. I felt like if I could do this, I really could do anything. And speaking of that, what was I doing with my life? I was still on this journey sort of indefinitely, and even though there were so many moments that proved to me just how important it all was, I grappled daily with uncertainty and wondered when the time would come when I'd have to pick a place and settle down again. Now that I was actually doing what I'd set out to do creatively, and had decided to be my own lover and best friend, what sort of life did I actually want to create for myself? I closed my eyes and thought of the conversation I'd had with a psychic in San Diego just a few days before. Well, first of all, I do sense a very long life ahead of you. Cool. I sense this life being with you for about... 2017 is going to be a good year for you, but 2017 is more of a year to, how can I put that to you? I guess grow. I feel like there's going to be some challenges, some obstacles, and I do feel like you're going to be a little lost. I definitely do feel like there's going to be some crossroads going on in your life. There's going to be lots of opportunity. That's how I'll put it to you. Okay. Lots of opportunity, and you're not going to be sure which direction to follow. Okay. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> it's all, all, all is going to be okay. Um, I do see one marriage for you. Okay, cool. And I do see three children. Three children. Okay. Last time I was told two. Three no, children is kind of a lot to handle. <laughs> well, I'm seeing two girls and I am seeing one boy. Okay. That's cool. So that's three. Um, and then in terms of like making decisions about stuff, like, so for this project, you probably can't tell me, like, if this project's going to work out right. and if it's going to come to be what I want it to be. 
But, um, like, how do I know, like, what, when to give yeah. up or, like, how important it needs to be? Well, I don't know want you to give up. Yeah, I don't want you to give up. Okay. That I'll tell you for sure. Okay. I do see things coming to terms with it. I do see it being successful. But like I said, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Mm, okay. I'm seeing more than, like, three. Wow. So you're going to have to know how to pick that one out. <laughs> but like I said, you're super intuitive. How will, how will I figure that out? Do I just keep doing what I'm doing creatively, which is, like, freelancing and oh, just struggling yeah. to make okay. it work? Or Well, I don't want you to say struggling because I feel like things are going to work out for you. Okay. Okay. But you yourself, you have a very creative mind. Mm-hmm. And you have so much use to it that you need to start putting it more to work. Okay. You understand? Yes. I feel like I put it a lot to work, though. There's just a few things that you're not clicking with entirely. Okay. But you will. Okay. Okay. Very sure. So I don't need to, like, get a real job and settle in with that. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. Yes. Okay. That's what you, you are gifted with that, and that's what you need to continue doing. Okay, cool. That's I really like you. Cool. Thank you. That's totally what I needed to hear. Yeah, don't give up on it. I'm <laughs> okay. telling you. I wanted you to, if I didn't see a future with you in it, and I could see you making it very far, I'd let you know. Yeah. But I like the way you're The future. Regardless of what your feelings are about psychic readings, we all do have a future. And we all do have a choice. People often ask me what the meaning is. For a really long time, I would have said that I secretly knew the meaning is connection. I believe that the world is a complex web of relationships, sometimes visible, sometimes invisible. I rafted through the Alberton Gorge in the moonlight last summer, and I swear for the first time in my conscious life, for just a split second, I could remember what it was like to share a womb with my twin. It reminded me that from that very first interaction with another human being, before time had even started to tick, I had already begun to learn how to relate to others. For better or for worse, I've been lucky in relationships. But looking back, it was this very ease that felt disconcertingly unsustainable. You guys, something had always been missing for me. Total and complete trust in myself. I had always wanted to struggle alone, because I would always wanted to know that I could do it alone. The meaning is sometimes connection. But it's also dedication and finding something you're passionate about and family and forgiveness and love. For me this year, it's been about bravery and self-reliance. No matter what, though, the real meaning is in the search, accepting where you are and how you feel, asking yourself the hard questions and being honest with yourself about the answers. And the decision to search is yours, yours alone. No one else and nothing else can make that choice for you. I'm happy to tell you guys that even though this is the last episode of the season, my search continues and you'll get to keep being part of it. In just a few days, I'm getting on a plane to Columbia, where I'll be spending the next five months. I'll be continuing my freelance work there and also working to develop other aspects of this project. I have some great interviews in store for you guys, and I can't wait to see what pieces of meaning the new list leg of this journey turns up. In the meantime, I want to hear from you. 
If you know someone with a cool story about choosing meaning over comfort or making a tough, life-changing decision, send me an email at millennialsearchformeaning at gmail.com. Follow me on social media to stay up to date on opportunities that will be coming up to participate, like answering voice surveys, supporting the show, and even submitting your own written or recorded stories. If you have a favorite episode from the season, I really want to know what it is. Leave me an iTunes review, Snapchat me, send me an e-card, send me snail mail, or actually don't send me snail mail because I still have no idea where I'm living yet in Colombia. But that's a whole nother story. Finally, what I want and need to say the most is thank you. Thank you so much for everyone who has made this project possible. This episode, you heard music from AJ Raglow, Emmett Orr, Wendy Warner, Eileen Buck, and a few others I'll add to the show notes. But throughout the season, you've heard from so many talented and amazing musicians who have shared their music with me. Also, thank you to everyone who allowed me to interview you or record our casual conversations. Thanks to all my mentors who have taken the time to listen and give feedback, and to those who gave me technical advice along the way. Thanks to my great friends for putting up with me having my recorder around all the time, and a huge thanks to everyone I spent time with when I was traveling. I literally couldn't have done it without you guys. Also, thanks to everyone who listened and took the time to reach out. I really hope you continue doing so. And finally, as cheesy as it sounds, Thanks to my family for always giving me a soft place to land. You guys mean so much to me. With that, I'm signing off. I hate goodbyes and I usually avoid them. So I'm just going to leave you with hasta luego, hablamos pronto.